from Red Bull. This is Beyond the Ordinary. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Ordinary from Red Bull, where we meet the people and discover the events pushing the boundaries of sport, adventure, gaming, culture and more. My name's Nick Bright, and on today's episode, we're giving you the chance to hear a special interview with Red Bull Salzburg's manager, Jesse Marsh, the only American coach to win a major football or soccer title in Europe. Originally recorded for Pressing Questions, the official Red Bull Salzburg podcast. In this interview, Jesse talks about the positive mentality he's bringing to his team, how he deals with adversity and his philosophies on leadership. Whether you know anything about Red Bull Salzburg or not, there's lots to take from it. I'm joined by Jesse Marsh. I'm very excited about it. Hello, sir. Yeah, it's good to be here. I'm, I, I, I like speaking German every day because it helps me get better, but obviously in English, I'm much more comfortable. <laughs> and I can actually, I think, express myself appropriately. So hopefully we'll, we'll get across some, some, some things today. Yeah, um, I hope so too. Um, we, you're only here for the last five minutes and you're already... Um, translate some of your positivity onto me okay and good. it's always the case like okay. it's it's the first time i properly get to say this to you but since the first day you came to the club and that was fairly new as well um a whole attitude change happened here kind of in a weird way and i think it started with you being positive all day long um is it something that you get told a lot of times that you are a, a very positive person and that you kind of motivate people in a weird way Well, I, I believe in energy, you know, I believe in coming with energy and, and, and I don't always know how I affect people. I know the team, you know, because I, I speak about these things. It's, it's partly how I act, but I talk all the time about the fact that we have to be strong together, that we have to believe in each other, that we have to play for each other, that we have to come every day with energy and give everything we have to the group. But I have to embody that and, and, And I know that that is part of my personality. I know that, um, you know, that I do project some, some of these things by just, yeah, my presence, but it's hard for me to, to conceptualize that all the time. It's hard for me to put my finger exactly on the pulse of that, but it's good to hear. I, I mean, I'm, I, they, they've asked me a lot in German in the press, you know, that I'm a very positive American type, but I try to say that, you know, I, I also believe in the U S that my energy is a little bit different and, and very positive in that I'm always looking forward. So it's what I believe in as a core principle. And it's what I try to embody. That's for sure. That American thing is, is also something that gets said a lot of times, not because you're American, because, um, you're also someone who embodies these American principles, um, very much. Do you think, coming here to Austria um, changed you as a person as well? Like, is there a different Jesse Marsh that coached in the United States and there is a Jesse yeah, Marsh well, coach, coach I, in Austria? I think in general, my goal is always to get better and to learn. And, you know, so when I went to Germany, there was a learning process there as to the way things operate in Germany. And then coming here, there's been a learning process as to the way things operate in Austria. I think in general, my, my way of thinking and my, my attitude fits well here in Austria. I think I find people general, uh, gen, uh, generally, gen, my English sometimes stinks <laughs> now, generally positive and they, that they, you know, they, they, they exude happiness. And I like that about Austria. Um, 
And then, you know, the, the German part, the cultural parts, the, the, the way that people think here, I've tried to adapt that into the way I think, you know, even a big, you know, when I look back on the Bayern Munich game, uh, I watched that game twice again to see us. And then I watched it just to see what Bayern Munich was doing, because I want to learn. I want to see what they do well. I want to try to, you know, uh, 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 adopt some of the things that, that certainly Hansi Flick and that that group has done well into, into who I am and into what we do. So this is a big part of, of I think, life is just growing, getting better, learning, uh, adjusting, adapting, but also trying to, to stay true to exactly who you want to be. Mm. But staying attitude-wise, do you think, or what do you think are the main differences between an American attitude, so to say, if there is something as a whole, and the Austrian one? In general, I think that we have, Americans have this almost built-in weird arrogance, right? It's a confidence, but it's also an arrogance. And and I came here from day one, and I've said from day one, we need to be a Champions League team every year. We need to be competing, uh, not just in, in Austria, but in Europe. And we need to get out of the group phase, and we need to have big goals, and we need to talk about them. Right. And, and that I know is not inherently Austrian. They are very, much more reserved and they don't want to put themselves out there because they're afraid that that might um, um, introduce impossibilities and, and then it, 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 it maybe wakens failure. But I'm, I think absolutely the opposite. I think that if you have big goals, you have to talk about them. You have to work towards them every day. You have to believe that you can achieve those things. And so it's funny, even in the media here in Austria, they've been very critical of us in Champions League this year because we haven't won. Um, and I understand that. But, you know, I've, I've almost created that dialogue. I've almost created that expectation um, and obviously the success of the club over years has also created that expectation. But the fact that I have talked so openly about it has meant that people now almost expect us to do those things. And that's okay. I enjoy that pressure. I enjoy those expectations. And I think we should be talking about them out loud and we should, we should be disappointed when we're not getting to exactly where we want to be. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'm very much an advocate of that American mentality, but I see with the people that surround me that also people had a lot of reservations because of your history coming from Leipzig. And that was obviously um, something people kind of, yeah, they had your, their, their reservations about you coming to the club. And did you first grasp why and, and how did you deal with it at the first moment? Because also a few weeks later, they were chanting your name. Yeah. No, I mean, th this part of this business doesn't bother me. You know, I, I understand, um, that there's going to be perceptions of people and perceptions are often realities. But the job of my job is to, to create a reality that's more, I think, uh, directly in relation to who I am and what I do. And, and I knew I, I've been in these positions enough before where I knew that once the team got to work, And once the team reflected the kinds of uh, principles that I, that I think are important, that, that, and, and I knew that the, the reason why I'm here in general is because a lot of the things that I believe in fit really well with what this club is. And I knew once we got to work and got things going that the, that the fans were going to love this team. Um, and you can see, no matter what, if we win or lose, that the, the, the players pour their hearts onto the pitch for the success of the group. Right. And that's what's most important. And I believe that when when the supporters see that, that they believe that that this group is the right group that represents them as well. So um, certainly with our football and our philosophy and then along with the if we can create the mentality around the philosophy, 
then it's impossible not to love a team that plays like this, right? Even if, even if we lose 6-2 to Bayern Munich, like there should be such pride in the way that the group played. And, and it's, there, there's also comfort as a coach before big games, knowing that we have a group that 100%, I can trust 100% that that group of 11 players and then the guys that come off the bench are going to give everything they have. Everything they have to the team, the club, to each other. And when they do that, it's almost like we can't fail. I went through my mind and I told to myself, all right, if one is as positive as you, and if we put it on maybe uh, a normal distribution scale and say, okay, you, you go right to the, to the very side. So there's a lot of people being more negative than you. And that comes with the fact that you have to deal with a lot of people on a daily basis that will probably not be as positive as you. Um, do you find it difficult? Well, what you, what you, so we have a lot of different personalities in the team and in the club, but let's just talk about the team for a second. Um, so on any given day, my job is to look around the locker room and, and a lot of coaches I played for do judge players and judge what they're doing. I don't judge them. I look at where are they? Where's their mental frame of mind? Where's their, their mindset in the moment? And then my job is to now with the group as a whole and then look at the individuals and make sure that they're getting enough positive reinforcement and energy so that they're getting a maximum amount out of their day, out of their work, out of their development. Um, and so, yes, that does require me to make sure that, that my energy level and my positive level is always at a maximum um, but I have to do it in a way that also relate that, that translates, that communicates well with the group and with each individual. That's a challenge, right? And I don't get that right every day. But I will say in general, when the group feels a responsibility to give to each other and a, and a pressure, when the pressure inside of the group is such that the work matters, the energy matters, the mentality of every day matters, what they do before training, what they do after training, that they're physically taking care of themselves, that they're mentally locked into the team, to the, to the team doing well, then with the potential and the quality of players we have here, then the potential rises every day. And then we can start to feel like we have a, a, a team that, that days feels unbeatable. Um, but that's the goal. That's my job as the leader is to now maximize this kind of energy out of the group and each individual every day. Mm. But that also requires putting a lot of energy into the group from you. But I guess your energy isn't like filling up by itself. So it also requires a place where you kind of get the energy from that you, on the other hand, inject into the team at um, a given time. So where do you fill up your tanks, your positivity? Yeah, I mean, like, let's just take the two, the, the nights after Atletico Madrid and the night after Bayern Munich. Um, you know, it's, I have to dig deep in those moments because the way that we lose the games is, is painful. It hurts, you know, and it's, it's hard to make sense of at times because we're in like in both games, I felt like we were in control. You know, I, I we make the sub with Jerome Unguene and we change the formation and, and then we give up four goals in the last 10 minutes. And of course I look at, I, I believe that was the right decision, but the outcome was so terrible that it eats at you. Right. So um, and, and I'll be honest, like if I feel like I make mistakes, that hurts me more than even when the players do, because I don't want to let them down. I want to put them in position to succeed. That's my job. Um, but I have to always have perspective. It's good to have people like Christoph Freund around. Christoph is such a positive 
person and he, we work really well together. So when he's a little negative, I can be a little more positive when, and, and we kind of joke with each other that like, we can't allow each other to be negative. We always have to be positive, but in you know, it's, it's important for me to understand that in the toughest moments is when I need, need to be the strongest and most convicted to show to the group that we're not phased. Right. And, and I remember back in February, even, you know, when, when things weren't going well and the media was talking about a crisis and, and I just kept with the group, I was strong, I was level. And I kept saying, we just have to learn from these moments. We have to dig in, we have to work a little harder. We have to fight a little bit more, but, and we have to believe even more. Um, so this, this business is, is for me often about how good are you when it's tough? Not how good are you when it's easy. Everybody's good when it's easy. When we're winning, when things are rolling, everybody's good. It's about when it's tough and when your back's against the wall. And that's when I really feel like my energy has to be right, my, my attitude, my, my communication, my, my problem solving. All these things has to be at the highest level when, when it gets the toughest. Mm. I always get to see and listen to you when you do kind of the media talk and especially in these tough times i was always asking myself is he really believing what he does say and then if you take a second look at it i thought like yeah he's he's really believing he's really believing <laughs> he's crazy that. enough to believe that <laughs> no but that's the only way right if, yeah. if if you if you have your back against the wall like there's no escape other than we have to do it we have to do it again until it goes right and um Yeah, I really believe in this mentality as yeah. well. Yeah, and I, and I listen, the, the, you need difficulty, right? You need to be stressed. It's the only way to improve. If we go through a season and we win every game and, and everything goes smoothly, we're not learning at the rate that, needs, that we need to to really make us better, right? It's normal. It's a human reaction. When things are going good, we don't analyze as much. We don't look as carefully. I still try to do that on a daily basis. I still try to really look because my standard is always, what is it going to take to beat Bayern Munich? That's literally like when we're preparing for Vatens, when we're preparing for any team, I'm not trying to create a standard for the team to win that game. I'm trying to create a standard for what will it take for us to be the best team in Europe or beat the best team in Europe. So that's a that's in many ways an uh a, not a normal standard that we're creating but it, it's the way to get better right and and listen there's been major development in this club before my time like i'm not it's not like i'm changing reinventing the wheel here there's already an incredible uh process that's been put in place But for me, it's been key for me to sort of, again, reinforce what our standards are, what our demands are, and what our expectations are. And I believe that that's, that was a major reason why we got to Champions League again, was because we weren't stressed about it. We knew we could achieve it, and we were focused every day on making sure that we were prepared when, that game, when those two games come, that we were prepared for it. So, yeah, I mean, you know... We have three games left in Champions League. We obviously have a whole season and a cup left in, the, in Austria here. And, and in the end, it's, it's about preparing the group every day to make sure that we can do everything we can to, to win everything we, we play in. Mm. Regarding the group, um, something Frankie Schima said to me when he went on the podcast on a German one, also listened to that episode, of, of course. Um, he said to me, one thing that is... Um, maybe the most important that you do all the time is having an eye on the weakest link of the chain, so to say. Why do you think he has, first of all, the perception that you do that? And second of all, why is that so important? 
He has the perception I do that because that is what I do every day. I mean, I, I put more energy into the guys that aren't playing as much than I do into the guys that do. Now, in there, there's always, you know, I have a lot of individual uh, video sessions with players to make sure that they tactically understand exactly what the demands are. But inside those video sessions are oft personal discussions about how they handle moments, difficulties, how they respond, how they react on the pitch, what they're doing in training. There's, there's so much more. It's, it's relationship-based, but, but it's always founded by what our work is. Um, and I know, I know that we are a strong, that is the truth. That is one of my philosophies. I call it the weakest link. We are as strong as our weakest link. And we are always going to need players at any point during the season. You know, I go back to the Meister round and we were so good in the Meister round. And a big part of that was because we rotated throughout the year. And whenever we needed a player, when the games really mattered, he that player was ready, understood his role, role understood the tactics and understood who we are. And that is the ultimate goal, is regardless of who's on the pitch, that the team looks the same, that it plays the same, that the clarity is from the mentality to the tactics to, to with the ball to against the ball to everything that we do, that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who plays. It's the same. But to do, the only way to achieve that is you have to give opportunities to every player so that they can execute what we talk about on a daily basis. So... Those are often the, the days that I'm most proud is like when we beat Austria Vienna 2-0 and it was just a totally clean performance and we rotated seven, eight guys. That lets you know that the work we're doing is good. The rotation is also something that is maybe not as often used in Austrian uh, football, but you kind of brought it onto the team. And <laughs> funny enough, when things weren't going well, the first thing everyone noted was, He's rotating too much. But I think speaking on the long term, the success um, maybe tells you that rotation is kind of right. There's a few things. We have such a young team. And again, like I just said, the only way for them to develop is to play. They have to play. The second is you're always going to have injuries. You're always going to have situations where players are then forced to play. And if you just throw them in and then the moment when you need them, then typically they won't be ready. And the, the last thing is I just, you know, I just believe in the group. That's my most important thing. And that's the reason why I came to Europe. Okay. Ambition is a part of it and wanting to succeed. And yeah, I, I'm a competitor, of course, like I want to win, but I believe that the way to win is through people and through development of people and through uh, this concept of a group mentality. Like that is ultimately what's at the core of who I am. And so this is my experiment, <laughs> you know, this is, and, and I want to see, can, can my idea of leadership, can my idea of mentality, can my idea of football, can my idea of, of life, it's really life. Can that function, can that succeed here in Europe at the highest levels of our sport? And the early returns are quite positive. You know, I've got a lot more work to do and I'm still trying to learn and adapt and get better. But, but I believe that this is not just about European football. This is about people. Mm. Well, a lot of life experience on your side, of course, and um, also this, these crazy high standards and your idea of not only football, but also kind of society in a way. Dating back to maybe your early days in your life, where do you think that whole puzzle came together? Where does your mentality stem from? Is it university? Is it school? Is it football? Is it yeah, I think it's so, you know, when I grew up, I was a sportler. 
Okay, I wasn't just a footballer. I was I played all kinds of sports, and I I knew I could sense that I had this feeling for sports. I was a good athlete, not a great athlete, but I was good with my hands. I could read things. I could I had good perception, and I I all I cared I wanted to win. Like if we played cards, if we played basketball, if we played ice hockey, if we played ping pong, I didn't care. I wanted to win. That was that drove me, and it ate at me when we lost, and it forced me to learn. Like my desire to win always forced me to adapt and to learn and to grow and to rethink. And it, and it's shaped who I am, right? As a coach, I'm much less focused on winning as I was as a player or even as a young, because I, I know that if you just impart the pressure of winning on, on people, that it puts too much, it takes away the focus of development. And certainly with these young players, if we, if we put too much emphasis on them making mistakes or them not winning games or not, of course, we have competition and training every day. It's that they love it, right? But it's also inside there is the idea of what, is the, what are the next steps for each individual. And that, in the end, I think, I think it was part genetic. It's just the way that I'm built along with being in environments that I learned how to succeed. I learned how to get better. That was academically going to a place like Princeton. I had to learn how to adapt and succeed and compete at a wholly, totally different level as a student than I had ever in the past. So then I had to adjust and, and learn and grow within a, a, a university setting and, and as well as playing sports in a university setting and then becoming a professional footballer and it's just, it's like, it's, it's just been this uh, lifelong challenge. How good can I be? How much better can I be? How, how much more can I grow? What, how much can I learn from mistakes? Even with my relationships with my family, you know, it's, I have an incredible relationship with my children and with my, my wife, but it's almost like, how can I get better at, at, honoring those relationships every day and be the best father and husband that I can possibly be. That's, this is, this is what I think life, a human being, this is what I believe we should be striving towards. So my wife would probably tell you I fail way more days than I succeed, (laughs) (laughs) but I try, I try really, really hard. So uh, listening to you for the last two or three minutes, there has to be a little bit of Austrian attitude coming in. Do you ever get tired? Um, you know, I, 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 I have a good balance of sleep. Sleep is really important. Um, my brain capacity to compartmentalize is what I say in English. And so I can, I can, when I go to dinner with my family, I can be at dinner. And then when I come back and I'm with my computer, then I can watch football or when I'm watching it on TV or I, I can compartmentalize. I think it's one of the reasons why I can learn German pretty quickly is that my brain can compartmentalize where I can focus in when I'm in German class, which I have directly after this, I can for nine, 90 minutes focus entirely on German and I can process the information and then it helps me get better. So this ability to, it's when I stand in front of a group, I can, I can now even in German know exactly what I want to say and how I want to say it. And I can go from step to step to step to step. It's a skill. I've had to learn how to do this, right? But, but again, it, it's when I'm, I, 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 between the energy, I get the balance of my life right. I, I'm, I'm learning the things that I, kn- I know are going to be important to help me uh, communicate and have good relationships with people. And I c- keep pushing my envelope to see if I can grow and grow and grow. Mm. 
I think it's a trait of adaptability as, as well. And quite notably, I think everyone will know it already, but you toured the world for quite some time with the whole of your family. And do you think that helped you in a way to shape your personality in a way that you can thrive under difficult or different circumstances in many countries of the world? Two major things. One thing I say about that trip is, you know, there was the family side, there was the, 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 the spending time together, that was massive. But this is, I'm just talking professionally now. The first thing was I realized that the pressures that one may feel being in a job like this don't exist everywhere. They, in fact, almost exist nowhere. And your world is very small. And your, the things that you stress about are incredibly um, unimportant. <laughs> But it, give, it gave me, it, it helped me reflect really well in the fact that do the job the right way. It is a job. Carry, carry yourself in the way that you believe the job should be done and then be comfortable with that and move on, right? So um, that has helped me, you know, even when I went to Germany, I said that I would always hear this word druk, druk. And, and, I would all, and, and then I realized that, that it meant pressure and I was like, why does everybody talk about pressure so much? It's, it's, pressure is what you make of it, right? And I've learned that. I've learned that I put pressure on myself to, to work hard every day and to do the things I need to, that I think I need to do and that the group needs to do to be successful. And then at the end of the day, I can reflect on it. I can be uh, satisfied with my work and then I can move on. So that part was, was incredibly important for me, especially as a young trainer. Um, and then the second part was people. That's what the trip was about. Cultures, people, um, experiences, opening our eyes to the way people live, the way people think, adding it to who we are, learning from it, um, you know, in loving it, enjoying it. And, and I, you know, people would always say that must have been incredible for your kids. And it was, it was eye-opening, but it was for my wife and, and me as well. It was, it was incredible to see the random acts of kindness, to see the generosity of people, to see what people emphasize in their daily life. What, what does family mean? What does friendship mean? What does interaction mean? What does culture mean? What does communication? What is language? What, it, what is religion? What it, all these things, how does it fit into their daily lives and what does it mean? Yes, I believe that I can communicate better, not even through German or language, but just by understanding the people the, the, in our team. I understand what it's like to, to at least be in Japan and what the pressures are like. I've been in many places in Africa. I can understand at least somewhat what the lives are like and what the things they value are. And, or I've, I've been to mosques, I've been to churches, I've been to temples, I've been to, and, I can, and I've talked with people inside of these religious settings and, and, and what they find important. And so it helps me understand people more and it helps me be empathetic to people more. And, and, I, and in, in the end, I hope helps me create a, a path for people from different cultures to be helpful or to be successful in whatever environment we're creating and making sure that we include the things that are important to them. Mm. One quite notable thing that maybe stems from it is um, that people took to you in Austria so well, not only because obviously there's a little bit of the factor here that you're American and we all love an American Austrian society got Americanized in the last, last 50 years. When I talk to my grandparents, they say things were different here, but I wouldn't know because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm too young for it. And there's obviously a lot of influence that, come, that comes in. But also, you have quite an Austrian side to you. And that's in a sense that um, 
you're quite humble. You said you weren't humble because you, you tell your goals and then you try to achieve them. But in a, in a, in a different way, you're quite humble. You, you, you're like the guy next door. And I think that's why people like you that much. Do you think, um, because obviously judging from listening to you, you're very intelligent. Did you um, ever have like a minute for yourself thinking, okay, what do I have to do? that I succeed in Austria and how do I maybe have to adapt in my personality to, to be a bigger draw here? Um, I, I, I wanted to make sure that I, I, I take it very seriously that we have um, a big group of fans and supporters that without them, this doesn't exist. And I, I very carefully, wherever I go, whatever club, I try to get to the core of what is the relationship of the club with the fans and the supporters. What is the culture of the city, of the country? This is why learning the language I find so incredibly important. Um, you can't understand the people and the culture without being able to communicate in their mother tongue. And so um, when I first came here, and I knew, I knew Austria a little bit and Salzburg because when I coached in New York, I had traveled here and I had seen the way things operated and I had interacted with the people. I knew Christoph Freund for some time. Um, and, and I was really excited about the opportunity because I find that this environment here is incredibly welcoming and warm and loving. I love it here. And like my family is, we love Salzburg. The quality of life, everything. It's amazing, right? So... But then there's this competitive side of trying to create a club uh, or, or, or continue with a club that has a very uh, succinct identity, has a very good connection with the community, and a totally new coach that's coming in. And, and like you said, is, was not very welcomed at first. So I knew that I could be successful with the group, but I wanted to also make it, uh, make sure that it was a reflection of what this community is as well. So I feel like we've done that. You know, I, I don't know everyone personally and I'm not, I'm only here for a year and a half, but I think, um, I try to be humble in the way that I think this club has always represented itself. I tried to create high standards of competitiveness. I tried to strive to be successful so that we can all, at the end of seasons, be proud and hold trophies. And, and I think those are things that have happened uh, here all along. Um, and, and, what, and, and also that it's so international. Like, listen, I, I, before, before the Bayern game, I always speak to the team and I broke down a little bit because of what happened in Vienna. And, and, you know, when I see some of the reactions from some of the people publicly and talking about, you know, Turkish people or, or Islamic people, I know this from the U.S. This is the wrong reaction. And what I said to the team is, guys, let's, let's show everybody in the world after what happened in Vienna, what a great representation of football, of a club, of a community, of Austria Like what an incredible representation this team is because we have players from all over the world. We have players that believe in different kinds of religions. But in, what makes us so great is that those things don't make us weaker. They actually make us stronger. And, and I think that in the end, if we, could, if, if we won, I would have talked about this publicly. Even if we would have tied maybe when we lose 6-2, it's crushing for us that in the end. But, but in the end, you see this group of players that is from everywhere. And when they go on the field, they are like one head, one heart. And that, that, that 
drives, I think, this club. So, um, yeah, that, that is incredibly important to me. And, 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 and I hope that our fans feel that connection and feel that, that energy. Very well said. Um, another thing, um, you surely, I mean, you have your connections within the footballing world. And I think I read about it that um, you and Bob Bradley, you have a lot of also coaching related um, kind of things you, you've done together. And he was, I think, the last one I, I, I proper remembered coming to Europe. He coached Swansea, I think, only for eight games, and then he had to go. But uh, he had the experience of coaching in Europe. Did you ever speak to him, and what did he tell you when you when you spoke to him? If he if you spoke to him, yeah. So he he coached in Egypt, and on our trip around the world, we visited him in Cairo. Uh, then he coached in Norway at Stabak, and then he coached in France at Le Havre, and then he coached at, at Swansea. He was very successful in Egypt. He was very successful in Norway. He was very successful in France, and then he got murdered in England. We talked a lot throughout the whole process um, and what he went through. You know, what was interesting, one of the things that was interesting with Bob is, is he, he's not the best at learning languages. He adapted well to the culture, but he didn't pick up on the language everywhere he went. And then when he went to England, he said things like PK and he said things like away games or, you know, and, and then, and though that got, that killed him. And so I learned from that about the adaptability. You know, I learned that I had to really ingrain myself with the club and the culture and the country. Um, so that, that, you know, even before I, I made the move to Leipzig and then to here, I was taking German in, in the U.S. because I knew that I wanted to, to, to be able to adapt. And, and I knew that the language was going to be massively important. Um, so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of Bob and our relationship and his success. I, I, I was a big part of, of uh, you know, our relationship is really strong. I was a big part of playing for him. I was a big part of his growth. He helped me a ton. Um, And it was a shame to see what happened to him. And, and you know, I, I, we all go through tough moments in our lives and in our career. But again, the key is how do you grow from it? How do you get better? How do you prepare yourself for the next, next challenge? And I think that, you know, watching him help me, it did. It really, it really taught me a lot of things. And I, and I made sure that, that I've made sure that I want to reflect the things that are important to the culture that I'm working in. That's for sure. Mm. I think that there's also one thing that just came to mind with me now. Um, he only had eight games for Swansea and then um, obviously he had to move on but till this day and this is now four years ago or something um, on the most um, watched football program on, on, on English television they still have these little videos of, of uh, Brad Bobley yeah. and taking PKs American Bobley yeah. making soccer school and that's the way you can get murdered within just a blink of a second it, it can all be over and I know you don't like to speak about this, but pressure comes in right there. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think, again, perception is reality, but how do you change perception, right? And you do it through your work. You do it through the things you say. You do it through how the team, you do it through your work. It, it, and then ultimately coaches are judged by how the team plays, right? And so maybe if Swansea wins f four more games, then those are like a funny anecdote and not um, an attack on American football, right? <laughs> so, but this is in the end, the, the, the getting this, these things right, getting the balance right um, is really important. I think that that was incredibly unfair. Um, but, you know, as Americans, we have to, we have to earn our way. And, and personally, I'm not afraid of that. You know, I, I love this. 
I, I love challenges. I love feeling like I'm the underdog. I love feeling like nobody thinks I can do it. I love those feelings. They drive me. <laughs> Chip on the shoulder kind yes, of thing. Yes. Um, one last thing I want to touch upon, because that's, that was always my perception growing up when Austrian sportsmen went to the, the Olympics and we kind of had the hope, okay, they're going to earn a medal, maybe the golden one. And then some nobody came up and kind of stole our, our, our medal that we already thought that most of the times they were American. And, <laughs> okay. and, and there was kind of um, these, these mentality things that um, we talked about later all the time that somehow, and maybe it's through the college system or maybe it's through the university or I don't know why, but there's kind of the art to peak on the right moment, to go in on the day X and deliver the best goods you can deliver. And um, there's, there's, there's no fear. Um, can you elaborate on that maybe yeah. a little bit? Or, or, or do you think where, where, where does it stem from? Where does it come from that um, people, usually in America because they're always leading the medal table, can deliver on that day X when some of the others just can't? I believe that, that part of the American mentality involves fearlessness. And our focus is so much more on, on succeeding than, than not failing, right? I think this is, in, it, this is maybe a little bit what you're talking about, is when, when people go into competitions, a lot of the times they only think about what can go wrong. And I think that sometimes this Americans were dumb enough to only think about all the things that can go right. But that mentality in itself is what can breed success. And, and that's what I believe in, right? I'm dumb enough to think that I can come to Europe and win championships as a trainer, having never played here, and be in Champions League every year and win Champions League. I'm that dumb. <laughs> and guess what? It happened. Yes. It happened. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a saying as well, that um, if you're crazy in America... Um, you get encouraged if you're crazy in Austria, you get a slap around the face. Right? Okay, maybe. maybe. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, maybe for our listeners and that stood all the way, we, we're thankful if you did so. Um, do you have kind of a message? We talked about um, motivation a lot. What can you give someone who's maybe not involved in football at all, but just listens because he likes you or listens because he watches every other Salzburg game? Um, what can they take for their daily life, in their jobs, in their families, whatever. What, what, what is the, the one mental thing that makes everybody stronger? Yeah, I mean, for me, this, the reason I love sport is it's because it's a chance to apply life philosophies, right? And you see the immediate, this is why I think people watch sport, is you see the immediate response or reaction or, or whatever it is. When the lights come on, anything can happen. And, and for me, that's about life. It's about seizing moments. It's about inspiration. It's about always wanting to be your best. It's about every day as an opportunity. And that's honestly the way I live. I don't ever get out of bed and think, oh, I have to go to work today or I have a lot to do. I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, it's an opportunity. And so, you know, 
it's for me, it's small steps like winning or learning a little bit more German on the day or getting training a little bit clearer or sharper or, you know, um, thinking about a relationship and how, how maybe I need to have a conversation with a player or with someone in the club so that things are a little bit clearer. But, but it's at the end of the day, I want to feel like we achieved, we, we got stronger, we got better, I got smarter, I learned more. And if we achieve that, then man, I can go home, I can have a beer, I can have a glass of wine, I can relax with my family, and we can smile and laugh and have a good day. So that's, that's, that's the energy I believe in. And my wife talks about energies all the time, but I, and, and I used to call her crazy, but it is. It's about a life energy. What, what, what do you want to embody as a person? Mm. So see every day as an opportunity, have a glass of wine in the evening, listen to pressing questions, like, share, and subscribe. And thanks for coming, Chessie Marsh. Yeah, man, this was awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much for listening. And be sure to subscribe to Beyond the Ordinary wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out Pressing Questions. It's packed with background info and personal stories from the Red Bull Salzburg team. Features various players and staff and poses questions that have never been asked before. You can find it by searching Pressing Questions wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll see you again soon. Take care.